we need to acknowledge the fact that we are going into our eighth season, and that means that this wow. is our fifth. Wow, yeah. five seasons. Woo! Go us. That's pretty. Go us. Go us. Go us. Scallywags, it's talk like a pirate day it is. <laughs> is it really? It is? Yep. September oh, 19th. I wish I'd have known that at work today. Dang it. Yeah, I didn't do it at work either. <laughs> oh. But, Sue, so, yes, I think that's what it is. I am batting two for two today. <gasps> what else did you do? So, one of the teachers came in today and she said, the other teacher found an egg in the potatoes today. So anyhow, they brought this egg to me, and it's this little white spotted, brown spotted egg. And okay. I said, oh, that's a killdeer's egg. And they're like, really? What's a killdeer? And I said, well, it's a bird. So I went in, looked it up, and I was right. It was a killdeer egg. So I printed them a picture of a killdeer and the egg so they could show the kids tomorrow because they're neat birds. That is a neat bird. They're really cool. So is this one of... Dud, or are they not supposed to hatch yet, or what? I'm sure it's it's full. Like it hasn't been it's it hasn't been like emptied or anything, okay. cracked open or or whatever. But um, it wasn't being sat on, so I'm sure it's oh, a dud. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, poor thing. I wonder how people came up with these um, transliterations of the sounds sometimes. Why did they decide mm-hmm. it was Kildeer or Phoebe or Chickadee or whatever? <laughs> Somebody was very bored. Or mm-hmm. quick three beers. <laughs> that one's my favorite. Huh? Quick three beers. That's what it says. Quick three beers. Ah. Uh. <laughs> my first day with kids. How'd that yeah, go? how'd they go? It went really well. We only had half the class because we do a slow start, so we only have half the class to start with. Okay. And um, they were they did pretty well. They were excited to be there. We had a couple that were very like, oh, I want to play, I want to play, I want to play. I want to go outside. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to wait. And you got to have breakfast first. And we got to do this. And we got to do that. But we're getting there. That's good. So, Wednesday and Thursday are going to be my hard days. So I'm going to have two runners those days. Oh, yeah? So that'll be a little what? bit more interesting. Uh, and I'm not very fast. They just warn you about those or something? Or? Well, I've How met them. Wednesdays and Thursdays. Um, well, we're, because we're doing slow start, we started half the class Monday and Tuesday, and the second half of the class comes Wednesday, Thursday. And hmm. then they all start next Monday. Ah. Uh. Oh. Anybody do anything fun and exciting besides identifying birds and salad from descriptions today? <laughs> um, well, it rained finally today. Mm, We're in a drought. Um, so they've got water conservation notices all over the place. Like you're not supposed to water your lawn and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not near enough. 
So I don't know what we're going to do. It'll rain again. Hopefully. But at the rate it's been raining, it might, you know, we might get it another three weeks. I don't know. Um, Just be careful what you wish for because Texas wanted rain and they got flooding and some other places wanted rain and they got major flooding. Yeah. I don't know what Australia asked for, but they got major flooding. So. Oh, geez. Yeah, slowly getting back into school, and it's weird, and just, I have hit my senior slump. (laughs) Uh Mm Uh-oh. Yeah. It's, it's. I don't wanna. (laughs) I don't wanna at all. But then then we did have a uh, meeting today of our our association, and we're, we're hosting a conference next March. And the topic is on mass incarceration, which fits my research very, very well. So I might be presenting a paper. I'll have to figure all that out. In which case, I'm not allowed to be on the paper committee, which is annoying. But whatever. (laughs) I'm like, can I just recuse myself from my paper and read everybody else's paper? They're like, no. Yeah. You can read everybody else's paper afterwards, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. But that's not nearly as much fun. No. There wasn't much interesting that happened today specifically. Um, Yesterday, well, Saturday I spent most of it watching Stranger Things on Netflix. So Mm -hmm. that was... uh, I, I experienced... Both sides of single adulthood. I spent much of the day watching a series on Netflix and eating chips, but uh, I also successfully removed the salsa drips from my shirt every time that they happened. So, Are we talking good. American or British chips? Um, Potato chips. American, I guess. Um, corn chips. Like corn chips, yeah. Salsa. Okay. If you were having salsa. I, I figured then. that's what it was. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, I don't know. I have the little ones that are little salsa on French fries. They're mm. both tomato, you know. I suppose that could work, but I don't know. Yes, I am. Um, I had the little scoop corn chip things, but occasionally that meant that something would drip onto my shirt. But then I would go and apply water and detergent, and they all managed to not stain my shirt. So yay! <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and then uh, yesterday we was our first sort of big youth group thing at church when we went out to the local um, the little camp that you can go to that has, you know, cabins and has a rope Fun. course and various things. And all, the, all the kids went on the giant swing, which um, is not what you would picture when you hear that name. It's not mm-hmm. like a Hagrid-sized swing that you sit on and swing. Uh, it's you climb up a ladder and are hitched to uh, basically a pulley that, oh, God. that full of ropes, and they then like hoist you up as close to the top line as you wish to go. Several of them went right up to the top; some of them didn't. Um, and then you choose—you know—you do your three, two, one, and choose when to let go of the rope that connects you to the pulley. And you're just connected to the other rope and swing back and forth uh, 
in in between the two giant poles until you you know settle and then they bring the ladder over and you can get back down. <laughs> I'm gonna go curl up in a corner and sob. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's definitely not for everybody. Uh, oh, God. They call it a challenge of choice. You could you could choose whether you were going to go up onto the swing or just be a ladder carrier or just haul the rope to get some of the other people up to the top. Um, uh-huh. Everybody did choose to swing. I think there were probably two or three of them that wouldn't have if it had been a smaller group. But, mm. you know, when 10 other people are all going kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And no, I was not. Um, well, I didn't really think of it. I thought of it last night and then didn't remember again today, but I did not talk like a pirate at work. Um, I wish that I I need to... It doesn't make much sense for the podcast, because when people are listening to this, it will no longer be September 19th. Yeah, no. (laughs) Hmm. I'm in January 19th. That's not a good place to be on my calendar. Okay. Um, Is it always September 19th that's Talk Like a Pirate Day? Yes. Yeah, it should, it should be yes. So it's always one of his birthday. You think yeah. you know him through, but there's something that you may not know, and here's a little clue. The female of the trio has her birthday on. Talk like a pirate day, so hits up Harry and Ron. When she found out her eyes she rolled, she went on knitting socks. But Harry said, I've got the gold, let's head down for the docks. They traded lots of galleons for a lovely brigantine. And now they're her young stallions, and she's a pirate queen. Come here, you lads and lasses, I tell you she's the one. Give a cheer and raise your glasses, but not till class is done. Though she's only 17, she's smarter than Dumbledore. Hermione Granger, the pirate queen, the pride of Gryffindor. All right, well, I have put this in my calendar with a thing to tell me two days ahead of time so that I can remember, and then we can do... Remember that year that we did it on the forum and we went in and we changed a bunch of stuff so whenever somebody wrote different things, it changed? That would be a fun thing to do. So now maybe I'll remember because I I only ever find out about it after the fact. Mm. I was in a play with pirates in high school. Mm. It was a lot of fun. Well, somebody I know got a text that said, did the children, it was something like, did the children storm the ballasts and, and take over the crow's nest or something like that? And she laughed and and said, this is pretty funny. What should I tell him? And I said, tell him that you are in desperate need of help and to send rum. And she thought that was really funny. And it's even funnier <laughs> now that I know wrong? that it's talk about, talk like a pirate day. <laughs> well, I suppose we should start this and then I can go. Oh, all right. There's something weird going on. Oh my. We need search and rescue for Skype. Well, I mean, come on. We've got two Hufflepuffs here. You could just go find them. (laughs) You've got three now. (laughs) What have you done, Alex? You're calling people. Don't call strangers. (laughs) Oh, dear. Wow. I. You almost have ruined Charlie to tell for me there. (laughs) (laughs) And I told Alex, you are not welcome in my bed. 
with squirrel breath. Who dares enter my Well, that's oh. always good too. We're not fun anymore. You're a different kind of fun. You don't want it to be the same kind of fun. I was going to say, I don't want to know what kind of fun you were having. <laughs> and that's all we're going to say about that because... Because <laughs> we don't want to know what you were doing. Thanks. Now you're just making it seem even worse. <laughs> you are evil. She's just trying to separate church and state. It's all doing the Ryan thing. Want to hear my stupid story? Yes. <laughs> I know you did something because you sent me a message and was like, "Do I have a story for you?" And I'm like, "Oh no." I'm sorry, I just brought a lot of memories, and I'm thinking, "Oh shit, me and my oversharing." <laughs> you do like to do that. She flews the headmaster's office. And Albus says, good evening, Minerva, is there a problem? Albus, I have an unconscious Death Eater tied up in my office. Now, Minerva, I'm sure Severus was just... (laughs) (laughs) Because we were slightly off topic. Off topic? Us? Never. Never. No, not at all. How dare you, Sue? How dare you? I know. We're in depth when we're not off topic. Lockhart leaves before Harry and Ron can come out of the closet. He gave you some big brass and balls. Well, you know, we have to have balls. That's what we do. I, know I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Bloody buggering hell. <laughs> oh, shit. Bloody Merlin's galloping gargoyles. <laughs> okay. I hate being responsible. Welcome to Potterpick Weekly, everybody. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. And I'm Mooney. Potterpick Weekly is the flagship podcast of our family of podcasts that we now have, where we cover Harry Potter fan fiction. This week we are covering These Cuts I Have by Melinda Leo, chapters 21 through, what did we decide, 24-ish? Five, I think? Uh, 25, uh, maybe? Something like that, yeah. yeah. It's 25. We'll see where we get to, but this is our fourth podcast on These Cuts I Have, which is Melinda's newest fic, which she wrote last year. Um, Well, started last year and finished in January of this year. Um, Yeah. But we are starting right now with Chapter 21, Retribution. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Because we ended with... Ginny and Arthur talking and Arthur finding out a little bit more about Harry's early home life. And he has decided that there is going to be some retribution with the Dursleys. <laughs> we just have to do it in such a way that he, Mr. Muggle loving Arthur Weasley does not go to Azkaban for muggle baiting. <laughs> and we will see how that yes. works here. And uh, but first we shift to um, back to the Aura Training Academy, 
Uh, Ron and Harry are training things with instructor peers, and they've got an afternoon off to prepare for Umbridge's trial, which is the mm-hmm. next Monday. Um, yes. Oh, I'm on the wrong chapter. That's why none of this makes sense. But Harry <laughs> and Ginny have a date. Indeed they do. And Harry's decided they should go do muggle things, and then he's like, wait a second, what's in muggle London? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Muggle London was fun. So he talks to Violet, and she gave him some suggestions of Mm. where they should go, which I'm sure was an interesting conversation in itself, because she tries Mm -hmm. to flirt with everything that moves. Yes, (laughs) she is a flirt. Especially him, because uh, she knows it embarrasses him, and she just likes to get, you know, get under his skin a little. <laughs> Take the mickey. Yeah. But first, he's hurrying down, or up the stairs to change his clothes, and he comes upon another picture of himself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he, these pictures from his childhood keep popping up, and this one is him sleeping soundly with his thumb in his mouth, and Ginny's stuffed unicorn tucked firmly under his arm. And Aww. he, you know, turns bright red and thinks at least Mrs. Weasley hung it in the stairway and not in the living area. So most people won't see it. And he's really yeah. embarrassed, but at the same time, he's really pleased every time a new picture shows up. So, <laughs> yes. For those of you who haven't read the story and haven't listen to our earlier coverage you really should read the story but a few chapters back uh, (laughs) harry was accidentally dosed by a de-aging potion and spent about a day and a half as five-year-old harry at the burrow so they have all these Mm -hmm. pictures now of little harry doing childlike things (laughs) yes i think he might have been four but still right around somewhere in there So, but he's bounding downstairs, and he has this nagging little cold in his chest that he he thinks it's a cold in his chest. Ah, yes. So he's been trying to fight that, but of course he's not going to tell anybody about it. So he just pretends it's not there and bounds back down the stairs after he's all dressed, but is grimacing slightly because he's got a tightness in his chest. Yeah. And uh, be sure to ask Mrs. Weasley for some pepper up potion anytime now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as he thinks of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is never. And Ginny's downstairs looking mighty pretty. Mm-hmm. And Ginny She's says, nice Do you like yellow it? Sun dress. Do you like it, Hermione? Let me borrow it. And he says, I like it on you. And then he tells her she looks yes. pretty. He keeps having to um well. Occasionally he lets them, but he's trying not to have his eyes wander downward quite as often as they could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's apparently a nice V-neck on this sundress. Um, mm-hmm. Finally, he's acting like a boy. There you go. <laughs> and Mrs. Weasley, of course, has packed them a picnic lunch. And she tells mm-hmm. them to be careful. And Ginny says, it's all right, Mom. It's just a boat ride and a picnic with muggles. Even Harry can't get hurt there. <laughs> He's like, hey. Uh, now you just Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they head off to 
grim old place and then walk to the tube station and, mm-hmm. and get on a do train. Do we know which tube station this is? Or wait, no. do, it's near King's Cross because they walk there. Okay, that answers my question. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and she wants to know how he came up with this idea and he says that he talked to Violet and she's like, hmm, you've been talking a lot with her, huh? And he's like, uh... <laughs> I mean, she's in my class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Does she, she have big tits? Know a lot about dates. <laughs> you know, she's going on dates a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to answer some of those questions. But eventually, she cracks, <laughs> and she can't look at, mad at him anymore. And no, she realizes she was teasing him the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're terribly cute when you get clustered, she says. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so poor much. Harry. Which is probably part of the reason Violet does it, too. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, because he blushes so prettily. Mm-hmm. Then they so get on they the board. around and sightsee London for a bit, and then they get on the boat on mm-hmm. a clipper ship and go to Greenwich and... Then they head up to the observatory and off to the park, and they find a nice secluded spot for their picnic, and Harry takes the opportunity to give her a kiss. Mm. Um, Any chance he can, he's going to sneak over and give her a kiss. I'm sure she has no objections. She says, what took you so long? And he says he wanted some privacy. Hmm, doesn't sound like us, she says. <laughs> I don't know, Ron didn't object when he kissed her after the Quidditch match. Yes, but he doesn't think that they're paying enough attention to their surroundings when they're oh, surrounding the public, public this way. Yes, this is his new thing. He's not He's not being a jealous older brother or saying, you know, they shouldn't be together. He just thinks that they have to pay more attention and be careful and not get captured or have any other things happen to them and you can't pay attention to things when you're kissing <laughs> no well you can i wonder if he takes his own advice that you're paying probably attention not to. Hmm. So or maybe that's they, why he realizes you can't pay attention to things when you're kissing <laughs> that could be but they enjoy a little bit of snogging with their picnic actually it's more snogging than picnic thing but you know whatever mm-hmm. You know, they don't mind. It's good. Except then, at one point, Ginny's hair has gotten itself trapped under Harry's nose, and he just can't get it away from himself and has to pull back and run his finger in his nose a bunch of times so he doesn't sneeze in her face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would kind of break the romantic mood there. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) and they have a bit of a conversation about you know he wants to know if this is what she pictured life after the war being like and she says hmm it's hard to say you know I always knew you'd win Um, Mm -hmm. but and he never really thought about how things would be after the war because he couldn't. Uh, he didn't want to go there because he wasn't sure whether he would make it through. So he always stopped himself from thinking of the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But it's kind of weird for him because he's realizing that a lot of the things he's always wanted, he's got now. And it's just strange that this has worked out. He's training to be an Auror. He's got his own house. He's got a really great girlfriend. And And oh my goodness, I've got a godson too, he says. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what? She's still in snogging mode. And he's like, I've got a godson. She's like, yes, you do, dear. (laughs) But he he decides Uh, while they're out, he needs to get him a present. Because mm. yeah. Aunt Marge always did that for Tudley. <laughs> so, you know, that must be the thing to do. But... Jenny's like, I think he's a little bit young to really care about presents, but if you want to get him something, we can get him something. <laughs> but ice cream first. Yeah, ice cream's always good. And. As they're waiting in line, he starts to get this uncomfortable prickle on the back of his neck and he starts looking around and she's like, what's wrong? And he said, I don't know, but I feel like I'm being watched. And this reminds me of a West Wing episode. They oh, yeah. draw their wands and start, you know, they're, they're just, Harry's spidey sense is tingling big time here. And it's mm-hmm. finally... Jenny, who sees him. There, by the candy shop. It's one of the Lestranges. And so... I thought they were Robiston. Yeah, Robiston Stott. So... And Jenny would recognize Rodolfo's because apparently he went in to see Snape a lot. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. And Harry doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want Rodolfus to get away. But he also wants to protect Ginny, so he, but Ginny can, you know, take care of herself. So he says, stay close to me. And but then Rabastan spotted him or realized that they're looking or maybe mm-hmm. he was just leaving anyway. It's hard to say. But at any rate, he disapparates. So of course he does. Harry just heads into an alley that's out of sight and sends prongs off to Kingsley to let him know that Rabastan was here and somebody should investigate. And anyway, let's get back to our date. (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to let something like a former Death Eater ruin our date. No. And they've bought Teddy a little stuffed clipper ship like the one that they're riding on. So Mm -hmm. there you go. And then we then shift we to Ron. To Ron. He's off shop. Mm-hmm. He is. And it's been a busy day, and and Dad's coming to see him. Dad sent them a message and wants to meet with them, and they don't know why. And pretty soon Bill comes in, and he's like, hey, what's the situation? And George is like, what situation? I was like, what are you talking about? Dad says to meet you here. Mm-hmm. Ron says, this can't be good. <laughs> no. But, but not for the reasons you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. They're not in trouble, and their mom is fine, but he wants to recruit them to come after the Dursleys with him. <laughs> yeah, but they have to promise not to use magic. And this is like this is going to be really, really hard. They're going to do this whole thing 
through threats and intimidation without actually doing anything. Mm -hmm. And therefore, they won't have broken any laws. Right. I I really like this this line. Arthur's talking. He says, no matter how much I wish I could change it, what's done is done. Harry has moved on and doesn't want to be reminded. I'm going to respect that. What I can't abide is letting the Dursleys escape without any consequences, he said. Quiet anger burning beneath his words. And the twins or the the boys are like, okay, this is dad and he's very dangerous. Mom, she screams and yells and it's not a big deal. But when dad gets quiet, that's when it's going to hit the fan. So we need to be, you know, and I just, I love that because I can totally see that in Arthur. That's a, a really great, Melinda really, mm-hmm. you know, got that character. It takes a right lot there. to get Arthur angry, but once Arthur is angry, watch out. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the quiet, angry types. He's like me. Yeah. Yeah. And they all want in. Of course they do. Of course they do. Bill hangs back for a little bit until, you know, Arthur says, we're not doing, I'm not going to do anything illegal. It's going to be fine. And I'm not going after them because they're muggles. I'm going after them because they're abusers and nobody gets away with that. Well, that's exactly what Fred and George said at the beginning of the fourth book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Bill if Ginny knows what's going on and Arthur said that he told her he'd take care of it, but didn't give her any details because she'll be want to be in on it too, and they don't want too many mm. people. And yeah. they'd have that. He doesn't want to have her noses. having to keep anything from Harry. So, mm-hmm. so. And, and he he's did told talk to Kingsley, Kingsley that he's heading there, um, mm. and that he has no intention of doing magic. But we'll see how it goes. Do potions count as magic? No. Not as far as we find out, or at least they're very hard to detect. That's how Harry got in trouble with this thing, is everybody oh, got right. and gotten rid of all the dark curses in Grimmauld Place, but they couldn't find the potion residual um, residue. So. Yeah. And Ron decides he's going to go and get Hermione, because uh, she's got to be in on this, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. That yeah, well, should be interesting. He's got an idea, and so mm-hmm. he's got he, he's got Hermione in on his idea because he can't pull it off by himself. So she's walking up the street in Diagon Alley, and she's really kind of thinking about this and thinking about how much they missed of this, and you know, just. She had always suspected things had been a little bit worse, but she never really suspected how bad it was. And then when Harry had been under the influence of the de-aging potion, you could really see the damage they'd inflicted on him. Mm -hmm. He always thought they were trying to get him in trouble, and he seemed startled by simple gestures of kindness. And although the older Harry probably feels this way, he just hides it really well. Yeah. So, and there, she and Ron are going to go to the Leaky Cauldron for dinner. But when she gets there, she finds out that there's a, well, she's still contemplating now the girls. 
She she wants to be properly kissed, but Ron's really backed off since they had their conversation in Australia, and she's not quite sure how to get him jump started again. Basically, it won't be hard. No, no, it won't be. She just needs to let him know it's cool. Yeah, she's all nervous because the last time she was asking him uncomfortable things about how far he'd gone with lavender, and he's like, I don't know what. To- <laughs> I don't want to tell you. I don't know what to talk about. This it's just weird. But um, she is feeling jealous of lavender, and she part of her wants to have gone further than lavender went, and yet another part of her knows she's not quite ready for that. And mm-hmm. so she's not really sure what to do either. Um, yeah. So she's sort of. We don't really get a. Um, I'm not sure even in here we actually get to know how far um, Ron and Lavender did go, but she's imagining more than really happened. I would. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Somebody has to have gone all the way to home plate. I mean, with that many kids at that age. Yeah, but I don't oh. think Ron did. Probably not. And a lot of fix it's Seamus for some reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and for sure, uh, Pansy. So, but she's sort of dithering. That's why there's so many different fan fiction universes. <laughs> In some <laughs> of them, so it's pretty much everybody except Harry, who's not paying attention. And... Yeah. <laughs> And some of them, it's maybe one or two, and yeah, it's all sorts well, of know. in-betweens. Magical broom closets. There's lots of opportunity there. Well, <laughs> they do sort of make it canon in, what is it, Prisoner of Azkaban at the very end, where they've got the Marauder's Map and the two sets of feet on top of each other? Um, is that canon? Is that in? Is that really part of the story, or is that fan fiction? I, that seems to be no. At the, at the very end credits in the movie, oh, I think well. it's Prisoner oh, of Azkaban. Yeah. That's the movie that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like I said, she's dithering outside the door, and Harry finally just opens the door and says, "Are you planning on coming in?" And she's like, "Oh." <laughs> Harry, I didn't know you were here. And she, they head upstairs, and George has gone to Muggle London to get Chinese takeaway, and then gets invited out by Lee and Alicia, so they get to have the Chinese takeaway, and Ron's already just, like, drooling and eating it out of the box. And Hermione's like, uh, Let's just tap this instead forks? of going anywhere. <laughs> And yep. Harry's like, ooh, I like this stuff. And she, Hermione wants to know when the Dursleys let him have takeout Chinese. And he says, well, they like did, to know but that I too. snuck it. I snuck it out of the fridge and I got caught because Dudley smelled it. And so, ooh, yeah. it does smell good. Man, I haven't had takeaway so Chinese. I haven't had takeaway much of anything in a while. I've been wanting takeaway mm. Chinese for Weeks now. Mm. I just found it at a kebab place in town. We were going to order it last week for lunch, but they were closed on Monday, and that was the day we were going to order it, so it didn't happen. 
I had pizza tonight because that seems to be what happens on Podcast Mondays. I don't know. Mm. Not every week. Burritos. Yeah. So she asked what happened, and we find out that uh, Susan Bones got. They talk about uh, thing, yeah, things at um, at training that day, and Mm -hmm. yeah, Susan gets uh, a little bit of ragging this chapter. Yeah. Well, yeah. gee, I because, wonder why. Because it's just in bones. Yeah. <laughs> we Which we also read about in their author's note in the bit. But, uh, yeah, is it in there, too? Yeah, she's been talking about her, her auntie too much, and Rory McGonald finally just stuns her so hard that she has to go see the Betty Witch. And mm-hmm. Pierce sent them all home for the afternoon. Um, and Hermione says, I don't remember Susan talking about her aunt a lot. It's weird, but apparently she does now that she's working at the ministry. I guess she gets reminded of things more. Um, Plus, they were in different houses. It's not like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they spent that much time together. She comes up, like, twice. Yeah. But uh, Hermione, this is not what her question was. She wants to know what did they learn today? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you know, some little offensive spells. We practiced a bit. Uh, We've learned a disillusionment charm. And she's like, spells? What spells? Oh, Mm -hmm. well, you know, we just practiced and did a few other things. What spells? (laughs) (laughs) She's not sure she likes this, them going to school without her thing. I want to know. Yeah. And they still don't tell her. I don't think we ever find out. Well, there's one. <laughs> we learned about the disillusionment charm, but I don't there's know that the, they tell her any of the other ones. There's a really good one that constricts your windpipe so you can't cast a spell. And she's like, oh, you right. mean so verbally cla- cast one. <laughs> well, it's really hard to do nonverbal spells when you can't breathe. So it's it's the counter, counter spell to the... Moon. What's his face who was choking? Wait, yes. again. you totally No, there's off. a spell that Slughorn used on the train sixth year when somebody or other was choking to get him to like stop start breathing again, so I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. the counter to that. Mm, could, could be. It might be related at least. The wizard version of the force choke, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Just what we need. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and I then, could go in another direction, but I won't. <laughs> oh, good. But then Harry has to go because he promised Ginny he'd go for a fly, and Hermione says, "Oh, is that what you're calling it these days?" And he's like, "We fly some of the time." <laughs> no, <laughs> we start off, but Ron wants to know when he's going to get a new broom. And, yeah. and Harry invites him to come for quality budget supplies with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Ron and Hermione get to have some time by themselves, and so they get to kiss a bit. And yeah. Ron has apparently been waiting for this since she came up the stairs, and oh, yes. we're eating when I came up the stairs. It doesn't mean I couldn't have been wanting to kiss you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting for Harry to leave, basically. Yeah. The evening wasn't how she planned it, but it was enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah. And then we have an author's note about Cursed Child. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, one of these, there is an author's note about Susan. 
Ah, uh, yes, it's on the next one because she oh, got yeah, some questions sense. from this previous one we just read. And mm. I had a few questions on Susan Bones last chapter. Just thought I'd let you all know I have an unreasonable, irrational dislike for the character that comes more from fanfic than canon. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So on to it, chapter it, 22. It, and it's it, mostly it, Ryan's fault, even if she does thank him for it. Thank him for helping out with Arthur. I forgot to mention that last chapter they mentioned the London Eye at night. Oh mm -hmm. my goodness, it was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Between the London Eye, uh, Big Ben, and um, Parliament. And the yeah. Thames, and oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so pretty. That's Not cool. that I would want to ride the London Eye, mind you. I'll just be perfectly content to stand there and look at it. <laughs> Apparently the larger Ferris wheels are actually easier to ride because they don't move as quickly. That's but, not the point. <clears throat> yeah. I finally went on the little one at Heritage Park last year. So, you know. <laughs> oh, Ferris wheels aren't so bad. Unless you get on the ones that have the... Um, the secondary wheel in them where they rotate through those, you feel like you're dropping off the edge of the world. Oh, I went what? on that and, and my friends that were like the look on your face when you came around, that thing was amazing. So the normal Ferris wheel is just a wheel with a, a seat in it that kind of swings back and forth. So as you're going up, you're always sitting the right way. You don't like tilt or lean or anything like that. Mm -hmm. okay, okay. They have, other ones that have two seats that are like opposite each other that swing independently. So they go around in a smaller circle while the bigger wheel goes around in a bigger circle. So and it's like, what do you call them? Like coffee cups, except maybe, but anyhow, as you go up and over, it drops you, and you feel like you're you're gonna fall. Ooh, ooh, so the the first ooh. the first time uh, it happened, I was like, "Whoa!" And yeah. Mm. Yeah, the Heritage Park ones are fairly tame, I think. But I finally went on all of the ones that I wasn't. Uh, up to going on before. Mm -hmm. They're uh, fun. But uh, speaking of uh, less than fun experiences, Harry currently has a hippogriff sitting on his chest. Oh, dear. Well, at least he thinks he does because that's how he feels because he's feeling a little sick. Yeah. He's still he got did. his cold has gotten much worse. He's congested and achy. He can't breathe and. Yeah. So he, yeah, this is when he decides he's going to ask Mrs. Weasley for pepper up potion and stop putting it off. Finally. <laughs> Except Which he, he still, still doesn't, doesn't do. Next couple days because he forgets. But, you know. Idiot. Yeah. Uh, but he basically blanks out in the middle of class, and Inspector Pierce has asked him a question and he doesn't know. Um, so he asks him the question again, and thankfully it's. One that Harry knows the answer to. And right. So he gives, gives both correct answers. 
I'm surprised they didn't cover this in basic history of magic. Well, they might have, but who listens in history of magic? Which is such a shame. History's fascinating. <laughs> this is less Silly about Joe. history and more Silly Joe. procedures. I know. What do you do if you have a suspect and you're in a Mongol area? And so on. And Ron has noticed that he seems really out of it. <laughs> wow. Then Harry must be really out of it. Yeah. And then yeah. Inspector, Instructor Pierce points out, it keeps switching between Instructor and Inspector. I'm not sure which is the actual. Um, I'm sure it's supposed to be Instructor. Yeah. All right. Uh, but any, at any rate, they're heading out in the field, so everybody's excited about that. And it turns out that they've been assigned um, to go with supervising Aurors to check out Harry's tip in uh, Greenwich. Yeah, but they don't say it's Harry's tip. And no, it turns out not. that that um, he ends up with John Dolish. <laughs> He's like, oh, great. Oh, the boy. one... The one that's real by the book and Dumbledore stunned. This is not a good thing. Dislikes him. Yeah. And was he the one who nearly went to Azkaban? I don't know. I don't remember. Was that was the thing? Get Dolish and what's the other? What's the Death Eater that we that's in the book later in the story? Dolahov. Dalahoff mixed up in my mind, and I never remember if Dalish is a Death Eater or not. Um, no. Please. Which story you read. He's yeah. usually mean, regardless. People like using that name for the the aura that um, causes Harry problems. Mm-hmm. But, um, and he's usually, isn't he usually, he's the one that went to go get um, Neville's Gran, and she... Cursed him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go, Grant. Go, Grant. There have been at least one fic that we read where it was him and, uh, or Williamson who was um, going around obliviating everybody all the time. That mm. was uh, when, Why? when Kingsley was the fic where Kingsley was a vegetable from, or nearly a vegetable from yes. being attacked oh, by something or other. Oh. It oh, turned out yeah. it was those two behind the conspiracy or part of the conspiracy. But, what fic was that? Uh, no, it's the one, um, it's Andy's fic where Harry disappears and it was. Oh, and yes. It's it, um, uh, away from the sun. Wait, it, yeah, that's the one that where they all, they go off to New, Orla- New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Anybody have a copy? Andy has taken them all down, but Away from the Sun has an ebook version on the forums on the main Ooh, page. Okay. You can go pull it off of there. There's e- there's I loved movie. her stuff. Yeah, and you can still find them if you really want to read them. Get a hold of Kelly. Okay, Kelly. Kelly will have all of them archived. Ah, uh, no, I might actually. Ha- no, I do. No, never mind. I do have it because I I copied them at the time. No. That's how I got into um, Three Doors Down, and now I have all their stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's all the chapter titles. Yeah. I don't think I ever did listen to most of those. 
So it's so interesting when authors do those things. I just finished um, the the latest Corman Strike book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can never say his name, so I'm going to say J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, she uses song titles in all of hers. It's uh, Blue Oyster Cult, I think, that okay. are the song titles for that one. I got a deal where I could buy one, get one free on Audible. So I ended up with that one for free and re-listened to that the other day. It was really nice. So, but we're going on a raid. And all empty is, um, it's so funny because my text reader always reads it as all empty. I don't know why it puts that second syllable in it. So, uh, Susan's going on about about that, and they start to kind of get she, into this. She argument. recognizes the aura that um, that she is signed mm-hmm. up with. Um, yeah, her auntie said that. Has somebody that. had the conversation that they had with Harry to be like, uh, "Your connections ain't going to get you nowhere." <laughs> Apparently, not with her. And Harry. Harry doesn't want his connections to get him anywhere, but no. Yeah. And Rory's all derisive and stuff, and you know some of us aren't jaded. <laughs> Rory wants to have real action, and Harry tells him, "Be careful what you wish for." And he, he eh, here, here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the instructor's like, "All right." You know, you're supposed to be going on a raid. Like, get out of here already. And they're like, oh, yeah, better scatter. Mm. They go down. And Harry introduces himself to Dollish. And Dollish's like, everyone knows who you are. He's <laughs> just like, Rrr. But he's being respectful because Harry can be respectful if he has to. And then one of the other orders comes over and he says, hey, I hear that you're a, you're a Quidditch player. Harry says, yeah. And he's like, great. We need a new seeker. We heard <laughs> of you course played. you do. You always need a seeker. Let's, uh, we'll go out to whatever this Glen is. Opashinsky. Close Not enough. Get it close <laughs> to that. To the Glen. <laughs> And Ron's like, do you need a keeper? And they're like, ah, maybe. Come along, too. And then they... I just noticed this guy's name is Rickman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hans Rickman, which is um, uh, Alan Rickman's other main... His his breakout character was Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely that. a shout-out. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody yells, let's go! And off they go. And of course, Dollish says, I'm going to side along operate you. Because you don't know where you're going. And Harry's like, yeah, I do, but okay. <laughs> I do, but you don't need to know that. Mm-hmm. And they had, they found an abandoned warehouse that's close by to where he spotted them. So they head up there. And there aren't any wards or anti-apparition jinxes. There and were wards, but they they took them down. The orders got most of them down. Hmm. It looks um, 
It says, says they spread out and tested for wards, but there weren't any. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the paragraph above says there's an abandoned warehouse two streets up. It's been warded, but the ministry has dismantled many of them. Oh, okay. And yeah. then they go down and, and, and it's uh, a recon only mission. Nobody's supposed to do anything. They, there might not even be anything there. They just want to search and mm-hmm. all the rookies are to remain undercover and only observe. Aww. And Dollish keeps barking at Harry, even though Harry's not doing or arguing with him at all. He keeps getting treated like he is. Yeah. And then, of course, somebody ste- sees something and sets off a stunner, and it mm-hmm. turns out it was Susan, <laughs> because, of course, <laughs> it was. <laughs> but Harry sees residue in the corner and realizes it's potions residue. And he points that out. And nobody else had seen it. So the other, uh, or when he finds out, is happy that they brought the rookies along. Then Dolly's tries yeah. to take credit for it, but the other aura on their team won't let him. Which I think that's great. Yay, somebody has sons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we move to the Tonks house where Harry's sitting with Teddy. He explains to Ginny about finding the potion residue and they're testing it to see if there is anything. And Teddy currently has a stuffed dragon and Mm. he's chewing on it. (laughs) That's what you do with stuffed things. Yep. (laughs) Ginny says, don't let my brother Charlie see you doing that, Teddy. He takes his dragons very seriously. (laughs) I'm sure he'd make an exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, this and is it turns we... out that Susan had been scared by a cat. And they did test just in case it wasn't a real cat, but it was. <laughs> just in case it wasn't a real cat. Yeah, it was an animatrix or something. But you know. I know, I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. And Harry's glad they let him go because he gets bored in the classroom. And then Creature comes up, and uh, he's been having a good time taking care of Teddy and Andromeda and serving the House of Black well. And uh, Harry suggests he go take a break, and uh, he doesn't want to, but he he gives him another task to do. He can go and spend some time polishing his locket, because <laughs> he's got to keep the locket. Right. So. And Ginny's just incredulous, but... Harry's like, I gave him the locket. It makes him happy. <laughs> She's like, Master yeah. Harry? And he's like, well, that's just what house elves say. <laughs> <laughs> that's how creature talks. He does it all the time. Yeah. She's like, and, I'm surprised uh, Hermione let you keep him. <laughs> no, she's tried to have him set free, but creature elf won't have any she of it. She still hasn't figured it out, has she? Oh, no. Oh. And he's happy taking care of Andromeda, and Andromeda needs the help. Mm-hmm. So why not? It works out. And then Teddy begins to fuss, so Harry goes and gets a bottle. Mm-hmm. And when he comes back, Ginny can tell he looks pretty peaked. Yeah. Say anything but fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah, Toddy was not allowed out. to yeah. say. He meant fine. to ask Mrs. Weasley for pepper up potion yesterday, but forgot because they were, you know, going out and mm-hmm. doing field things. 
Yeah, but you should look your best when you're doing. You should be on your best when you're doing a field thing. Oh God, this kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she's, so she's going to get star. him some. Gets home. And... But it's not. It's he feels like his whole chest is being squeezed. Yeah. It's just a cold, he says. Yeah. No need to go see the Mediwitch over a cold. Uh, well, idiot, it gets worse. Um, and then he has some melancholy thoughts about Teddy because, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to miss his parents and he doesn't even, he's, he didn't even get the year that Harry got with them. Um, yeah. And, but he's going to be a good godfather, so it'll be all right. And then we get to go Dursley hunting. Yeah. Yeah. You make it sound like you're the most dangerous <laughs> game. <laughs> it's a fun one. So Ron and his brothers have apparated to Arabella Fig's house and and uh Arthur had gone on ahead and told them what was going on. And then they And they they're wearing their robes because yeah. why not make the Dursleys uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they yeah. disillusion themselves to get the two streets over to the Dursley's house. Because mm, they can't be seen. And, you know, no magic, right. But if they just give me too much trouble, I'm going to punch them in the nose. Or kick them in the balls. <laughs> Boys, <laughs> is Arthur. It's true, Dad. Yeah. That won't be detected by magic. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of laughs, but he he's trying yeah. to be... Yeah. And Ron's got the Deluminator and uses it to take out the streetlights like Dumbledore Call did. Call back to cannon. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Andy. Are we ready? Let's do this! Ding dong! I'll get it, Petunia! I can't imagine who'd be calling the house this late. Oh, it's What is it, like midnight? Yeah, it's probably like ten. Yeah. And... He says, oh, no, we're done with you, and Bill doesn't let close the door. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Arthur yeah, says, we have some matters to discuss. We can do it inside, quietly, or out here, shouting for all your neighbors to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and as so one of the neighbors' windows are twitching, it's the, they'll let them in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh no, we've come to bring the boy back again. We're not having any of it. No. And And so Arthur Arthur... is one out and says, I suggest you take a seat. (laughs) (laughs) That shuts him up. And Vernon wants to know what it's about. What do you think? Arthur says that he's going to be very clear. The way you treated Harry was deplorable and inhumane. And I am astonished you would ever find it acceptable to treat a child that way. And Vernon gets all blustery. How I treat my family is no concern. And Arthur says, oh, do you treat your son like this too? Because if you do, I'm going to call the muggle authorities. And they're like, oh, we would never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay to abuse Harry, but we would never abuse sweet Duddykins. Yeah, but you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In different ways, but you do. Yeah. And Petunia says, you know, we took him in and provided for him out of the goodness of our hearts. 
And oh, never let him forget that you saw mm-hmm. him as a bird the whole time. Uh, yeah. yeah. How would you feel if it was reversed? Would your sister have treated your son this way? Oh, we were never involved with you lot. Yes, no. but if you had died in a car accident, like you told Harry his parents were, would you have wanted Lily to treat your son this way? Ooh. Oh, that gives them. But then yeah. Vernon has to get yeah. into it. How we choose to discipline. Yeah. And Arthur's like, it wasn't discipline. It and was he cruelty. Also... Go ahead. At, at one point, um, I'm not sure where he is here, but he says, you know, Harry is just as much your mother's grandson as Dudley is. How do you think she would have felt about you treating him that way? Yeah, that gets to Petunia. Yeah. yeah. Turn those screws just a little bit tighter. I like yeah. Arthur. And then, yeah, Arthur. Arthur's end of the whole thing is this whole, none of this was okay, and he doesn't want to see you punished. So we'll leave, you won't be punished by us, but that doesn't mean you're going to be free of wizards. Because mm-hmm. I am going to watch you. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And then Ron sneaks out of the kitchen, and he goes to the hallway to the cupboard under the stairs. Ah, that's where he, this scene comes in. Okay. He takes out Hermione's small beaded handbag, and he pulls out a small portrait, and he places it on the back wall. And, of course, it's got a permanent sticking charm to the back of it. And it's and a it's, magical picture, I assume. Yeah, it's a yeah. magical picture of Harry as a child sleeping. And he turns and he rolls over every once in a while. And yeah. Hermione has said that Aunt Petunia will never be able to walk by this cupboard without checking to see if the portrait's still there. And she'll be on edge that someone will discover it. And she'll always be straining her ears to listen for sounds. So even though even though it's just a portrait, it's going to nod or more than actually having Harry inside the cloak, the cupboard. Yeah. But is she going to check the portrait though, under the stairs? Yeah. Well, she keeps her cleaning supplies in there. Oh, so she's going to go in there to get her cleaning supplies and there, that portrait's going to be, and they're not going to be able to get it out. And, you know, and they didn't cast any spells because all the magic was put on it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder what they better make damn sure that they don't sell it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine some muggle? Oh my God. Oh dear. Mm -hmm. That'd be a PR nightmare. (laughs) And Arthur really does have a speech in this chapter. We've kind of skimmed over several bits of it, but uh, if you haven't read the story, check out chapter 22 and read, read what Arthur has to say about all of this. And Mm -hmm. this is where Melinda says, you know, Ryan gave her some inspiration to what Arthur says. So, and I love this too. It says, it's not Mrs. Black, but I hope this will haunt Petunia more. (laughs) (laughs) Go Melinda. Yeah. So I on to I have to 23 say, trials and tribulations. Yes. I'm taking us off tangent here. I'm in my room. I actually remembered to turn on a light tonight. So I'm not sitting here in the dark as I usually am, but the oh. sunset outside my door right now is 
absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yours too? Ours was gorgeous. I took pictures, but I don't know if it worked. Yeah, it's just, it's really nice right now. So it's been getting deeper and deeper red and purple. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's really red and purple out there right now. So I just had to say because it's pretty. No purple so, yes. for me. We're on to trials and tribulations, which always makes me think of tribbles. Tribulations, sinking in a gentle pool of wine. <laughs> That's a fun song. Uh, Godspell. No, Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, right, yeah. Mm. I always get those two mixed up. I haven't seen Godspell. I've got the music. Mm. I've never actually seen either of them, but I have music for both. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, we're in Green Guts with Ron and Harry. Yes. And Ron is, let's see, is this where Ron's going to get himself a vault, or is that later? Yes, yes. Bill set uh, it all up. and they're But they're a little nervous. They've This is the first time they've been in Green Guts, and they're a little worried about their reception. But yeah, Bill said he'd be on hand out. to make sure. Everything. <laughs> yeah. And Bill set up a, a vault for uh, Ron. So all he has to do is sign it. And he's got all the paperwork because he mm-hmm. figures, you know, you're a, you're a working wizard. Now you're making money from the joke shop and things and you're, you're training or training such. So mm-hmm. uh, I wonder how that works. In canon, like, do kids, once they come of age, sort of, you know, automatically get some portion of their parents' funds or something? Like the blacks, like, like, well, Sirius obviously wouldn't, but, like, regular city lived. I think it like, has to do with how the parents set it up. Yeah, it's probably mm-hmm. individual to each family. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And then be, do they get the Do get a job and get other things. Or can you, like... Now have a key to like your parents' vault. Yeah, well, they don't really know how way. the vaults at all. The only ones we see are the one that just has the philosopher's stone in it, which is a security vault. Yeah, uh, and Harry's. Harry's vault, which in fan fiction is often his trust vault, but we mm-hmm. never actually—that's not canon one way or the other. It could be, yeah. but, uh, and we just know that he has a vault and there's been money left in it. We don't know if that's from his parents, a will or from uh, various other things that it could have been. And we do see, we know that Sirius has a vault. I don't know that we ever see it. And then well, I think we just strangers have all the tchotchkes and everything else and the, the spell yeah. things. But um, yeah, we don't really know how they get set up. It's just that they exist. Look at it this way. Okay. You allow your child, no matter their age, I mean, I guess when they got older, but probably not so much anywhere, unlimited access to your checking account? Hells no. So I'm guessing that the kids don't have access to vaults. They probably get their own with some sort of uh, nest egg put in it. Or something like that. But unless the parents die, I'm guessing that they don't have access to the vault in a, any sort of capacity. Because otherwise, they'll I mean, just be in there helping themselves. 
you know, but like kids can get vaults. Like I got my bank account when sure. I was a minor. Sure, they can get vaults. So I mean, but, so then no. do they have like I don't know. I'm sure it's like. And then where do they put them all? Like, can, can you imagine like all the Weasleys, like each one getting a vault? So there's like plus seven, and like they be do they like? I'm totally overthinking this, but now I'm. <laughs> oh, no. They yeah. just make new I've, ones. Yeah, but where? I've seen tell like um it's actually gone both either way either the oldest ones are the deepest down in the caves or they're the mm-hmm. ones like right under the surface and then they just kept digging further and further down as they needed new vaults now um, the well, oldest ones are the ones down and and you know as families or people die see, out, but that would then well, that wouldn't necessarily make sense get, get cleaned out that's okay so yeah. you've got for you know maths because I don't do maths very well. You've got a thousand volts, and yeah. you have all one thousand being used, but a hundred yeah. of those thousand die because of old age or war or whatever. Their yeah. their contents get rolled into somebody else's, and then new people get those vaults. But the oldest vaults, the ones that are deepest in there, in the bottom, those are family vaults that have been in the families for generations and generations. So then by that token, Harry's vault would be down at the bottom because yeah, his the Potters came pretty, into existence in the 12th century. He's, his vault's pretty low down or pretty deep in there, I think. Not quite as Not deep compared as like, to like Bella's, Bella's and stuff like yeah. that, but he's down a ways. Because his... Well, because Hogwarts vault and Sirius's vault were what seven eleven and seven thirteen, or no, all the way around. I don't remember. And I don't do numbers. They're at the same, so they're like probably on the same tier. Possibly. Joe, we need help. That, um, <laughs> that changed between the U.S. and the U.K. versions. Is it that did. apparently in the U.S. version? Sirius's vault number was edited out for oh. some random reason. Uh, that is so weird. Americans don't get to know what the vault number is. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Really? Then what yeah. version did I... Okay. <laughs> it, it may have just been, like, I think these were the earliest versions of them, so probably if you mm-hmm. got a, a later edition of the U.S. ones, it's back in there. But okay. uh, I don't know. Um it's from that article I was reading a couple of weeks ago of the weird things that changed. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Melinda's uh, going to be listening to this head desking. <laughs> hey, we haven't taken half an hour yet. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, we're not um, complaining about anything that she's written. We're just, no, we're just squirrel. Hey, it's yeah. interesting. You know, we like her, yeah. her versions of it. It's just interesting to think of how these things would happen. I've read other mm-hmm. fics where like uh, either one of the founders or like Merlin is vault number one and then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then goes up from there. But, mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, and I think, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but Brian on the forums has started uh, brown coats and green eyes. A reading group yes. for that, which is basically the Firefly Harry Potter 
I need and to read it that. It seems to me, okay, so I can't spoil you too bad, but it seems to me that the okay. the vaults turn up in the end of that in a okay. very unique way. Oh. I could be wrong, it could be a different fic, but I think this I think this is the one. So well, I'll have to read and find out. But anyhow, that's where I'm at. So, Ryan, Ron's getting his... I almost said Ryan. Ron's getting his own vault. <laughs> Harry's getting a lecture Ryan from would like that. His goblin. Because, you know, you can't break out of the, the bank and steal their dragon without getting some sort of lecture. And Ron's watching Harry keep rubbing his chest. And so he's thinking, hmm, he looks a little peaked. I always say peaky, so I'm slightly, or she said peaked, and I would say peaked. That's yeah. it. Well, I that's just know. differing pronunciations of the same spelling, mm-hmm. um, and it it's a archaic sort of term for it anyway, or maybe it is a British one. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but it's probably um, a British one. Yeah. So, but yeah, they finally decide they're going to check him out, but that hasn't happened quite yet. (laughs) And and Ron, speaking of consolidating vaults, Mm -hmm. so the Lestrangs, oh wait, the Lestrangs are still alive, never mind. But I'm trying to imagine who gets what of Bella's stuff when they all kick the bucket. Yeah. Again, it depends on which Sissy. Sometimes some of them Molly oh, gets off because that's she killed her. <laughs> <laughs> right of conquest or whatever. Oh my there goodness. Go. That'd be hilarious. Oh no. Ooh, ooh, I would ooh, love ooh. that. She just ooh. goes down to get something out of Diagon Alley one day and there's sudden, her vault is suddenly like five times the size. Like, where did all this come from? <laughs> Oh yeah, we forgot to mention. Yeah, it's your uh, your conquest rights from Bellatrix Lestrange. By the way, don't touch that. It's got that weird spell on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I suppose they'd probably have to have like um, uh, an owl from Gringotts coming come and saying. do you still want all the same security spells on your vault, or would you like these ones taken off? Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyhow, Ron is now the proud owner of Vault Number Seven Hundred and Fifty Nine, and we mm-hmm. uh, the Goblin wants to know which vault Harry wants to go to, and Harry's like mine, and he's like, "Well, they're both yours," and he's like, "Not the Black Vault, my family vault." <laughs> I don't want Sirius's money. Testy, testy. Goes down and gets it. And this is the first time that Ron's seen into Harry's vault and all that money. And even just no, a year no, ago. No, it's not. It's the first time he's seen. Yeah. Didn't they see it in book two? Um. Mrs. Weasley went and got money for Harry's stuff. I don't know that Ron would have necessarily. I I don't think Ron went with them. It was. 
I, I guess I don't think no book two was when Harry was going to Diagon Alley with them. Did they actually go to the bank or did he just give Mrs. Weasley? Yes, because there's a part where Harry got all embarrassed and was shoveling money into his little bag. Right. So the Weasleys wouldn't see. Yeah. Uh, but they wouldn't yeah. have all gone. Would you have trusted an 11 year old Ron to behave himself in Gringotts? <laughs> Well, yeah, but they Molly wouldn't have taken the whole clan down. I don't think the whole clan went. You're going to make me go find the book, aren't you? No, I've got it. Hold on. All right, you go find the book. We'll keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Melinda's head desking. Or drinking, (laughs) one or the other. Both. (laughs) Both. I don't know. I think Melinda's more easy going than you think. I know she is. Ron has a better than a teaspoon moment here because he could really be jealous. And he has realized after having his encounter with the Dursleys that although Harry is rich in money, Ron is much richer in other things and more important things. So he, he's had this real growth moment and I just wanted to really point that out because I like it when Ron gets to grow. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and then, then uh, they head back up, and Bill lets them know that there are new brooms out at Quality Quidditch Supplies if they want to, you know, mm-hmm. head over and well, take a look. Before though, before he goes up, because this is going to come up in a, in a couple of chapters, so this is very important. Ah, uh, yes, Harry, um, Harry finds a new thing in his vault, and he doesn't know mm-hmm. what it's, why it's there, yeah. and, and it's, and it's because he's come of age officially. And it's the deed to the house in Godric Solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he's also got the the deed to uh, Grimmauld Place somewhere. What about his grandparents' later. place? We don't know anything about that one in this particular mm. fic. Mm. Oh, I think I found it. Let's see. Come on, mate, let's grab some gold and go get you a broom. So they get some <laughs> stuff. And, and Bill tells him, if you don't take enough money, it's okay. They can just, you know, basically you can write a wizard check. <laughs> wizard take check. It out of your, your vault, so it's okay. <laughs> they invite Bill to go with them, but Fleur's waiting dinner on him, so he's got to go. Oh, I've also looked up the the wiki about Gringotts, and apparently Harry's vault is 687, Sirius's vault is 711. When did we figure that out? And um, the Philosopher's Stone was in 713. Okay. So... The the Weasley vault is somewhere higher up than 687, but not as far down as 713. Mm-hmm. So if we go by that logic, then Hogwarts is the 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 logic of you know the oldest families. So Harry's the Potters are slightly younger than the Blacks and Hogwarts ish, or something. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I think I found it. Um, okay. It's a little unclear because it says, "Meet you back here," Ron said to Hermione as the Weasleys and Harrys were led off to their underground vaults by another Gringotts goblin. The vaults were reached by means of small goblin-driven carts, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, he enjoyed the breakneck journey down to the Weasley's vault, but felt dreadful, far worse than he had in Nocturne Alley uh, when it was opened. And there was a very small pile of sickles. Um, Harry felt even worse when they reached his vault. He tried to block the contents from view as he hastily shoved handfuls of coins into his bag. So it's, I assume that means Ron's with them. Right, but he's blocked it. He's blocked the view, so they don't. Ron True. hasn't actually seen very much True. of the vault. Yeah. And apparently, the number six eighty-seven is from the films. So who knows whether it's actually the one in the Game Boy game? Harry's vault is seven oh four, and I don't think it. We ever find out what it actually is in the books. Mm-hmm. So it could it could well be six eighty seven, but we don't know for sure. Yeah. When I went to the Wizarding World, you had like lockers to go into Hogwarts, so you had to like store your stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got locker number seven thirteen, so that was very easy to remember. I was very happy. <laughs> so they head up and they're on their way to the Quidditch place, and Ron's talking, and all of a sudden he realizes he's talking to himself, and he turns around, <laughs> and Harry's standing outside of. Elop's Owl Emporium. And he says, Ron says, do you want to go get a, an owl? And Harry says, I'm not ready. But I'll have to get one when Ginny goes to Hogwarts because I'll need to be able to write to her. And Ron yeah. says, hey, you've got a birthday coming up. Maybe somebody will get you one. And Harry says, well, Hagrid gave me Hedwig for my birthday. Oh, Harry. Oh, yeah. So, but they go on to, uh, to the, the store Quidditch place and they're kind of closing and they come over the, the store clerk comes over and says, we're closing. Ah, oh, Mr. Potter, <gasps> Mr. Weasley. <gasps> How cool is this? You can stay. We'll just kick everybody else out. <laughs> and yeah. so they're, uh, the clerks are very, the- very happy, and there's two brooms for their. Yeah. There's a Nimbus the Flash. Is still one of the newest ones, but then mm-hmm. the Nimbus Flash is the the newest one that the most recent one to come out is this Nimbus Flash, but it's um, a little bit of a sturdier, heavier broom for mm-hmm. like beaters and keepers and so on. So mm-hmm. Harry decides he's still going to get himself a firebolt because he had that before and he liked it. <laughs> I think it's very sad that Harry lost Hedwig and Firebolt. Oh, I know it. Yeah. Mean old Joe. I know. Joe was very mean. <laughs> so, in this one, he gets himself a new Firebolt. And yeah, does. but it's not the same. Yeah. Ron no, is very he... taken by the Flash, but he can't quite get it just now. But maybe later. He might get one. After he saves his money from his yeah. job. So they're they're having to he, both of them are having a bit a hard time you know on class on Friday because they're going out to play Quidditch afterwards so they're they're pretty antsy and but this Their is mostly is from Harry's bathroom yeah. and Harry's just like he had a bad night he had lots of nightmares he's got stabbing pains in his chest and he's just twitchy while he's waiting yeah. but finally. He has taken some pepper up potion and it works for a while. Mm -hmm. And he's he's brought a second dose to take right before the the Quidditch 
practice slash tryout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't bother him so much during the day, but it really bothers him a lot at night. So, mm-hmm. and he's promised to go see the Medi-Witch at the ministry on Monday because it hasn't really cleared up. If it doesn't clear yeah. up over the weekend, then he'll go. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And Ginny gave mm-hmm. him a searing she- kiss for luck. This morning, so he's all excited about going and playing Quidditch. Let's go, gotta go. I've been in this mindset before, like going, getting ready to go on vacation or something, and you like you don't think about anything but what's coming up, you know? No. And of course, the Witch Weekly ran an article. uh, Well, he asked not to the shopkeepers not to tell anybody that he was there and which broom he bought. But of course that leaked. Well, they don't know what broom yet, but they know he was there and which weekly's speculating on whether or not Ginny's still his girlfriend. Cause she wasn't with him when he bought the broom and he's decided oh, for crying they're out. They're just wow. trying to find something. And then <sighs> inspector Pierce says no class on Monday because it's Umbridge's trial. Hello, Toadie. Yeah, and almost everybody's going to be there, except for Rory, who has better things to do. But Rory's kind of a pain in the butt anyhow, so that's okay. Yeah. 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 And Cormac has a date that he wants to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go on your date. Stop bothering us. Who could date him? But I've always thought Romilda Vane would work very well with Cormac or Zachariah Smith. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You putting Zach with uh, Cormac or with with uh, all three of them can date each other? uh, (laughs) It's a threesome. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, it's a menage a trois. All right. Oh, jeez. Yes. Speaking of which, Cormac, uh, Ron tells Cormac their plans are none of his business because Harry was going to say something about the Quidditch. Um, mm-hmm. And then Cormac says, oh, well, go enjoy your plans. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. he then does get out of there. And mm-hmm. Apparently, Kenneth, um, I think from the books, it's actually Kenneth Towler. And here it's Kenneth Trowler. Was he the one who the twins put what the itching powder in his pajamas? Um, I don't know. No, he was in the book somewhere. He was apparently in Fred and George's year, and I feel like he was one of the um, he was one of the stand-ins or replacements when a bunch of people got kicked off the team for a while, something like that. That I don't remember. I don't remember. When but you this, know so, and George weren't allowed on the team because they were oh oh okay yeah yeah so um, this is inspector so apparently um, some of the orders are called inspectors and that's why it kept flip flopping earlier Scott you mentioned it went between like professor and or yeah, in, inspector, inspector and instructor and instructor so they're calling them inspector as well. Mm. You were right, and, Lena. Um, Kenneth Towler was um, in in his fifth year. Fred Weasley put powder in his pajamas, which made his skin break out in boils. Apparently, the, yeah, it was uh, mentioned in Order of the Phoenix, and that's about all. 
that we know about him. Mm. So I guess he wasn't one of the Quidditch people before. Oh, well. And we don't know if this is the same person or if it's somebody else that she's made up. Yeah. I imagine it's supposed to be because it's a very similar name. But mm-hmm. anyway. Onward. We find out that Ken is one of the... Uh, chasers. Is a chaser. But that the person that's playing um, Keeper would ra- rather be a beater. So Ron has a decent chance if he does a good job. Complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's Owen Savage who was Susan's um, supervisor on their one raid there. Yeah. And That's yeah. Right. Uh, Ken just sort of casually lets a snitch go and says, oh, you can practice. By the way, there it is. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Harry and, just goes right after it, of course. <laughs> yeah. And he he goes into this great dive and just, you know, reaches out and grabs the snitch just before impact and levels off and goes back up into the air like a shot. And they're just like, whoa. And Ken's like, told you he was good. <laughs> like, that's mm. really good. Okay, we got a seeker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Hans is very enthusiastic because they're finally going to uh, – Beat beat out the unspeakables because they've mm-hmm. got yeah you know, the youngest seeker seeker in a century and the savior of the wizarding world uh, on our team. Mm-hmm. Poor Harry. Harry says, "Yeah, you know when Voldemort took out my firebolt, I knew he had to go." <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, back to Ron and Harry. They both make the team. Yay! And Harry caught mm-hmm. the first snitch in under ten minutes, but the second snitch he let go several times because he was having a good time playing. But now he's getting tired and his chest hurts, so he's ready to end the game. Harry, 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 Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And normally, everybody goes out for a drink, but since it's Friday night, they, they're not going to because some of them got dates. And that, <laughs> makes, that makes Ron a little upset, but Harry's like, oh, good, I just want to go home and go to bed. <laughs> yeah. And then we go to Umbridge's trial. And it couldn't happen to a better person. And I just have to say that I think that Melinda did a really good job catch capturing Umbridge in this as well. Mm-hmm. I had my, one of my comments in, in this section is you have a gabble, damn it, make her stop talking. <laughs> Throw it at her. I don't really care, but make her stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're at the ministry, and you know it's packed, and there's reporters everywhere, and and they know that they're going to have to stand trial or stand trial. They're going to have to be witnesses, and <laughs> they're going to stand trial. Boy. <laughs> yeah. If Umbridge has her way, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, she tries. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she walks in all regally with her head high and, you know, the proceedings are beneath her. And her court-appointed attorney comes in or whatever this lady is. And But she's sweating, so she's a little bit more nervous than she's letting on. And then Hermione looks over and Harry's sweating too, so she's like, hmm. 
But we have Audrey Bates, who is the representative of the for the defense. And Hermione's the first one called. And she's a little nervous because she thought Harry was going to get called first. But not so much. Yeah, well, she's nervous anyway. Mm-hmm. She's been trying to prepare everything. Yeah, she's written out all her notes and tried to memorize them. <laughs> and so she gets asked if Dolores was her Defense Against the Dark Arts professor and eventual headmistress. And she says, well, technically, but I don't think she was ever really a professor. She never taught us anything useful. And every time I asked, nobody gave me her teach- teaching credentials. So I just don't know. <laughs> the, the, Audrey Bates is like, um, the witness is talking too much. Can she just answer the questions and not give her opinion? And Umbre is like, Miss Granger tends to overcompensate to mask her insecurities. I just want to Shut wring up her neck. <laughs> Although, I I would need to be a witch to be in a court proceeding because by lunchtime, I don't know what the hell I had for breakfast. <laughs> so if somebody put me on the stand and was like, what did you do two and a half years ago? Yada, yada, yada. I would, I would just sit there and just be like, I have no freaking clue. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do to make me remember that unless it was something particularly like memorable mm. or, you know, I would, I would make a shoddy witness. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Witness testimony in general is really not that reliable. <laughs> no, I can not. imagine not. Mm. Yeah. But so, they they try and get her to just pare down her answers to things. And mm-hmm. so Robards asks her, you claimed Miss Umbridge abused her power, explain, and so she talks about the decrees and using students to spy on each other, and she attempted to use an unforgivable on a student, and that gets a reaction. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know such thing. And Hermione says, there were other people yeah, she there. Did. She did. And who did you try to use it on in Harry Potter? And that gets everybody going. <gasps> yeah, that, that's what gets the rest of the program. Mm-hmm. And she explains that he was trying to make a call from her office flu, and she threatened him with Cruciatus Curse. Um, Mm -hmm. And we could hear her saying the first syllable, but then she was stopped. So she didn't actually cast the curse, but it was obvious that she was going to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And and they talk about the essence of Mertlap for a little bit, and uh, Hermione says no has to admit she was never in any of the detentions that caused a need for it, but she prescribed it to Harry Potter and Lee Jordan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they talk about the, uh, her time when she came in and spied on them at the ministry. Mm -hmm. Well, under. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah. And then she's finally done. And Ron gives her a big squeeze and they call somebody else in and Harry runs to the loo so that he can take more pepper up potion. Yeah. Why can't he just drink it sitting in the courtroom? He doesn't want to be obvious. Yeah. And then 
Uh, it's going to be Harry's turn. Well, first, Audrey Bates gets up and says, Miss Umbridge is responsible for trying the poor muggles, but it was because she was told to by the ministry. It was a ministry-sanctioned thing, and you shouldn't be going after her. You need to go after the people that did it and all of that stuff. And Yeah, but there are rules now that say just because you're higher up said to do something that you don't need to yeah. yeah. If my boss tells me I have to kill somebody, I'm not going to do that. And that's basically what Umbridge was doing. And she knew that's what she was doing when she sent muggles to ask a man. She knew they wouldn't survive. So. And she didn't particularly care. <laughs> no, because no, she's a mean little witch. Yes. So. And then we have. Then we get Harry's testimony. Mm-hmm. And Harry talks about the quill and shows his hand, which is magnified so everybody can see on there. I must not tell lies. And Robards mm-hmm. uh, presents they the quill. They found the quill. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Search of plays. It was of her own invention, which we know is true. So we do have further. It's on Pottermore or in the new books that Joe released. Pottermore released. Mm-hmm. Was there any extra info so that, on that? That portion of Pottermore has, had come out by the time Melinda was writing this. Yeah, <laughs> there is. It says that it was a quill of her own making in in the Pottermore stories. Yes. Bloody hell. Yeah. And that you know, we do, she, I don't know sure whether there is anything different in in the ebooks than there is on Pottermore itself. I think it's just a different packaging thing for people who it, don't want diff- to go yeah. to the website. Really? Because I swear I remember reading somewhere that said there's more info in the ebooks than there's a little tiny bit, but not very much. Oh. Okay. It's mostly the stuff that they took from it. There's a little exposition from Pottermore, and then there's sometimes there's a little paragraph from Joe talking about like how she came up with names or, or different things like that. But it's very I love good. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I've been I fell asleep listening to it last night, so I don't remember <laughs> all of it. Uh, I was listening to what happened to Remus last night. Oh, one poor Remus. Yeah. And so he, you know, answers all the questions about going in and saving Mrs. Cattermole. And and then Umbridge starts asking him questions. You know, I wonder why you and your friends were at the ministry under Polyjuice, Polyjuice Mr. Potter. And he's like, well. Why can't they make her shut up? She's I don't think you would have let me talking. come in. Yeah, I know. Well, why were you there if you were fearing for your safety? And he, she just keeps going on. And finally, uh, Kingsley shuts her down. But it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. And they, you know, mm-hmm. they go through a lot of it. And, and like I said, Melinda really did a good job with Umbridge. She just, I, you just hate her so much. And this... Melinda did a good job of capturing that that hate again, yeah. which is and through this whole thing, Umbridge is pretty sure she's going to get off, mm-hmm. uh, and then she is unanimously 
sentence to ask about. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> no! You can't do this to me! Yeah. Uh, I demand to be released! I had the authority! No, you didn't. And, yeah, and the minister yeah. says, you might have had the authority, but you knew what you were doing was wrong, and you deserve this. And they were worried. They were like, oh, she's going to get off. And so they're they're all fairly relieved when yeah she doesn't. And Ginny decides now is a good time to go down and see the Medi-Witch. And Harry says, sure, okay, and stands up and falls over. <laughs> yeah. And cracks you are an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Does he ever learn this kid? No. Yeah, you know what? I feel like I might, I could benefit from a visit to the Betty Witch right now. Because, you know, I'm about to pass out. <laughs> I can't breathe! Yeah. And we move on to past poisons. And this and... is where, um, if we had managed to make it through an ex- especially long episode last time, mm-hmm. this is mer- where Melinda would have had us end the episode, because this right. is probably the biggest cliffhanger in the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we are moving on to chapter 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And here's Ginny sitting in the waiting room. This has become a very bad habit. Harry. <laughs> you know. Is there Hermione thinks there might be side effects to taking pepper up potion and Ginny says, I don't think so. And they talk back and forth about it. And pretty soon Molly and Arthur come in and they're like, how did you know? Well, he's listed us as next of kids. They sent us an owl. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ron remembers that he did that, but uh, Ginny hadn't known, I don't think. Aww. Yeah. And um, as far as they know, there isn't a downside to taking Pepper up, but usually you only take it maybe two or three times and you're cured. It's not a mm-hmm. over the course of a week thing. Um, but Kingsley comes in with the healer, and the healer <laughs> <You're comes again>. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently um, the problem is that he's he's basically got some sort of magically induced pneumonia mm-hmm. he's got a mm. bunch of striction and pressure on his lungs and it, his lungs were close to collapsing and right. his liver and kidneys are also being constricted stupid stupid Harry yeah Yeah. so they she says but it's really weird because if it's an inhaled poison it acts really really slowly and his body should have been able to throw it off and the only time this would really hurt him was be if he was really really young and Hermione's like uh wait a minute he was really, really young. He was four. There was a de-aging potion, and, and this is, you know. And it was also left as an inhalant. And the 
Healer wants to know if they still have the de-aging potion, and of course they didn't keep it. And the Ministry has the drapes, but they haven't processed them yet. And the healer says, you know, I fixed his concussion. That wasn't a problem. And I can release some of the pressure on his lungs, but I'm not going to be able to heal heal him without, you know, an antidote. And, of course, then Ron blames himself because Ron's supposed to protect him and he's not doing a good job. Yeah. And finally... Healer uh, Arthur goes off to ask Fleur if she happened to keep the stuff that she made the first antidote with, which of course she didn't. And they're waiting and dozing. She should have known better. It's Harry. You always keep these things, but yeah. I know. The healer wants him to. Nobody's thinking this through. No. The healer wants him to stay in the hospital, which of course he won't, excuse me, he won't do. And, you know, they're trying to, there's things that they can do, but as of right now, there's nothing they can actually do to save him. Molly's like, what do you mean he's not going to stay in the hospital? Of course he's going to stay in the hospital. We're going to make him. <laughs> and they're like, Molly, have you met Harry? <laughs> <laughs> so he basically stays in hospitals when he can't walk. <laughs> yeah, and he, you know, he tells them this would this would kill me quicker if you make me stay in here. This would kill me quicker. And we're thinking that if the Death Eaters see that he's still up and around. They're going to think that something went wrong with their trap and they're going to maybe show themselves. So we need to at least pretend like he's not sick. Yeah. And I suppose Arthur thinks that's a good idea, you know, and you can keep using the glamour and things that you like he did when he was testifying and then come home to the burrow and we'll make him stay in bed when he's at the burrow. Right. <laughs> but And then Andromeda bursts in because she's heard on the radio that he collapsed. And, mm-hmm. so they, tell and they explained that there was more than just a de-aging potion involved. And Harry thinks this is weird. Why would there be a poison if Voldemort wanted him alive this whole time? And they're thinking maybe it was Bella. Mm-hmm. Bella always has a contingency plan. Mm-hmm. And Ron thinks, you know, we need somebody who knows about potions and who knows how Death Eaters think. Let's go. Gee, to I wonder. Portrait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they decide that they're going to. Uh oh, I'm getting an echo. Maybe it's gone again. That they're going to keep Harry in the hospital overnight, but then go to Hogwarts the next day. And so they head off to Hogsmeade. They get there at noon and then mm-hmm. walk up to the castle and are greeted by Hagrid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he notices and that. Yes, and Fang. And the reconstruction's going pretty well. Uh, and uh, Hagrid notices that Harry looks kind of pale. And. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Ron says, well, you know, we had a rough night last night and Harry's still feeling the effects, and uh, which is true, but um, mm-hmm. not the way Hagrid thinks <laughs> it is. Half-truths. Hagrid yeah. thinks they were out painting the town last night, but that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go up to meet Professor McGonagall and uh, Hermione asks to maybe speak with the portraits alone and she says, sure, I'll just go down and have lunch and you three can come join me whenever you're done. Mm-hmm. And Ron is very impressed that Hermione kicked McGonagall out of her own office and she's like, I didn't kick her out. I just asked for some privacy. And he's like, yeah, that was kicking her out to me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Then we have a. So they talk to Dumbledore for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. mention that they need to talk to Snape. And hmm, is he here? Not being very observant, are you, Potter? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's Snape. But there's a Snape right here, obviously. <laughs> yep. Oh, these guys! So not so learned material. <laughs> yeah. We need your help, and why would I help you? <laughs> But Harry says the magic word. We need your help with a potion. Ooh, I like mm-hmm. potions. So they explain that there's this de-aging potion, but some other inhalant has been mixed in, and they list some of the symptoms. He says, well, it sounds kind of like this one potion, but knowing Death Eaters and Rodolphus, there might be other things mixed into that as well. Mm-hmm. So. Snape snapped. Have you been poisoned? <laughs> it's not even been I a month. Been poisoned on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is All my I favorite did to save app. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had to read this chapter as I was reading it because you know <laughs> Snape's always fun to read. <laughs> oh well, feel free to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think you should do the idiot boy comments. <laughs> and um, Ginny gets a little salty with him for having so much attitude. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he do- he tells them, you know, um, it does sound like something Bellatrix would have done because she was furious that um, her family home got used as headquarters. Uh, yeah. And this is where he comes up with the intrudunter elixir which is out of fashion because it still it leaves that residue mm-hmm. but it's probably not just that potion because Rodolphus enjoys experimenting with things yes and when he does experiment he experiments on muggles of course yeah. he does so well find some poor muggles and Professor- that have pneumonia yeah. Professor Dumbledore asks Harry how he's feeling, and Harry says, I'm fine. I'm fine. Dumbledore, Dumbledore says, naturally. <laughs> because this is what Harry always says. Yeah. How long do you have to find the answer? Well, not very long. Okay, well, we'll work on this. Yeah. They have, he does have, they found something that will strengthen his lungs that he can take. But uh, it only lasts for a certain amount of time, and it's um, it's cumulative. So every time he has to take it, it's less effective, mm-hmm. which we find out, I think, in the next chapter. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to have Ron is uh, – not Ron. 
What was I going to say? Oh, I don't know. They, Harry says, well, maybe... Harry asks if Snape if there's other places besides Malfoy Manor where they might have hit out. And they have a discussion about that in the Lestranges. And then yeah. he says, well, Snape I think Draco might know. For, for places that the Lestranges own, but mm-hmm. they don't really know how to find those. And Harry says Draco might know some of them. And Ron doesn't think Draco's going to help out much. Mm-hmm. But he but, wants to make a deal to get his dad out, so he might. Yeah. So he goes to talk to Kingsley about that. And mm-hmm. Says, you know, we could bring Draco in for questioning. Cause he knows the some he knows something related to those strangers. That's what he wanted to talk to me about the other day, and they are related. And, mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to be there because he did approach me, so he might actually respond to me being there somehow Um, yeah so eventually they decide that's okay um, that uh go and mr robards will do the main questioning and harry can be there as well and they'll talk to draco and try and figure something out Um, yeah and they head down and the the two men like walk on either side of Harry so that nobody approaches him. But Harry, you know, puts his shoulders back and walks with his head high and makes it look like he's well. But as they're doing that, there's two guards escorting a prisoner and Mr. McCulty. 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 And he's like, oh, Harry yeah, Potter. You'll be sick soon. How you feeling, Potter? You won't be fine for long. <laughs> and so Harry recognizes his voice and realizes that uh, he was the one of the ones trying that attacked him at the burrow. Yeah. And, and he mentions, you know, uh, he wants to know, what was the point of you attacking like that? You didn't even get through the words and says, ah, scared you though, didn't it? Mm. You wanted to protect those gingers. And he realizes that he kind of played into their hands. The whole point of that attack was to get him to leave and go to criminal place because yeah. that's what they figured he would do. Okay. And that is how he got himself in trouble. Harry, Harry, you should have met Slytherin. If only because your self-preservation instincts are non-existent, kid. Doesn't that mean he shouldn't have been a Slytherin? <laughs> well, the, it, no, 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 no. He'd learn. Yeah. He could stand to have a few Slytherin lessons. Yes, yes, he could. But, um, and we have a note from Melinda, you know, cookies for people who suspected Harry's chest cold was more than a chest cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, she says that, you know, people were, a lot of people were exasperated with him for not bringing it up sooner, but she thinks that kind of matches with how he was raised because oh, yeah. Petunia wouldn't have wanted to bother with uh, colds, either her own or his. And um, he just probably thinks it's something to power through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she would never have given him medicine. Yeah. No. And we heard that earlier when uh, they tried, when they gave him the de-aging, potion medicine 
then he said, well, Aunt Petunia says I don't ever need medicine or I don't need medicine. And they're like, well, you're going to take this anyhow. But I'm not sick. Well, it's all right. You know, so we know from that that he he didn't get medicine very often, if at all. Yeah. So we're on to chapter 25, Friends and Enemies. Oh, and I love this chapter. <laughs> yeah. And it's a beginning piece here. Alicia has some exciting news. Mm-hmm. And so Ron and Ginny are running up to George's flat to um, find finally find out what this news is. And mm-hmm. Ron has been... Has George went upstairs when Lee came over, so Ron and Ginny had to close the shop on their own. So, like, by the way, close the shop. You know that shop that's yours. <laughs> Thanks, Ginny. No problem. <laughs> so, what's the big announcement? Are you two getting married? Or no, that's not it. Are you pregnant? No, just shut up and listen a minute, George. <laughs> Yeah, and they have finished the prototype of their TV invention. Mm-hmm. So they can, you can, it's a portable Quidditch game watching thing. Right. After the end had one of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little oblong thing that you can stick on top of the wireless, and it'll match the picture to whatever the the Quidditch game that you're listening to. So it's mm-hmm. sort of, it's kind of like, um, it's like the old home movie cameras where you had to have, you had one thing that you played the audio cassette on and you had another thing that you played the video on the video on. Yeah. And you, so this them. is, this is the visual thing to go with the audio that you already have. Uh, yeah. And, and, Ron figures it out right away, but it takes Ginny a minute, and then all of a sudden Ginny's like, wait, you mean we can watch Quidditch? Yes! <laughs> Ron gave us the idea. And George is like, and how are like, it? How are you going to market it? And he's like, no, how are we going to market it? Because Ron gave us the idea, and you gave me the spell, even though you didn't know what you were doing. So the four <laughs> of us are sharing in the proceeds. And Ron's like, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait, what? Yeah. I get one? And they're like, no, dude, you get the money from them. And he's like, oh, we'll be rich. <laughs> yeah. Although he could get one. It'd be a nice way to advertise. Well, he is well, going to get what they're one. they're going to do. But he's also uh. going to get royalties, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they, they're originally thinking about putting them in the joke shop, since George mm-hmm. does have a shop. But then as we go on through the chapter, they consider, you know, maybe we could talk to the guys at the uh, quality Quidditch supplies and we could have them there because it's, right now it's definitely, you know, associated with Quidditch. So that would be a right. good place to market them mm-hmm. is there. And But for now, we've got these three or four pro- prototypes. And so we'll take one of them to the three broomsticks and one of them to the leaky cauldron and one of them to the... Um, Hogshead or uh, one at Grimmel mm-hmm. Place, and so that all these public places except Grimmel Place, so that um, you know the yeah. um, people can see how these work and what they can do, and you can get the sports bar vibe going. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and Ginny names it because they need a good name for it. So she says, well, what about the action twin? It duplicates the action and you can honor Fred. He would have loved this. And they just think that's the greatest. Yeah, so they're going to have them ready for Puddlemere's first match on Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, Which Lee is uh, commentating on. mm -hmm. And that way... Harry can come get Ginny from Hogwarts and she can come watch too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then we shift to Harry, who is in Gowan Robert's office waiting for Draco Malfoy. Mm -hmm. Um, Did someone say Draco Malfoy? I love the way you said that. (laughs) Gotta do callbacks to old fix. That was great. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, uh, Ro- Robarts wants to know how he's feeling, and he says, "Better. I saw the healer yesterday." Whoa, yeah. he's opening up a little more. He said something wow. about progress. Progress, progress, and yeah, and uh, something that we told, um, we instruct peers to limit the physical exertions in the classes for a little while without being obvious about it. So yeah. That- People don't think he's I'm giving su- Harry special treatment, but he's still not, you know, driving Harry. I'm surprised you listened to that. I would have been like, uh, I don't care. Well, well yeah, I mean, well. Harry's not real happy about it, but he says, you know, your health has been compromised. This is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of desperation in our enemies. And I say, okay, that's yeah. it. Give Harry a different way to think about it. Then he's a little bit better about it. Uh, Harry. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then Aurors came in, come in with Draco, including one of the chasers from the team, mm-hmm. um, which is the only one that Harry recognizes. And then they start having their little conversation. Um, you know, Draco wants to know what they want him for, and he says, "Well, you're the one who has to have a meeting." Mm-hmm. So. I asked for a meeting with the minister. Well, you're going to get me. Yeah. Too bad. Mm-hmm. He says, look, we know you want your father released, but what exactly do you have? What could you offer us that would make it worth our while? Um, yeah. And if Harry you don't says, have something, well, you're wasting our time. Yeah. No, no, I have information about... Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're looking for his Death Eaters, and they're plotting against Potter there. Mm. Yes, and? <laughs> <laughs> so what else is new? <laughs> yeah, and he narrows his eyes, and he's like, if I help you, my father will be released, and our family home will be returned to us. And Robart says, absolutely not. And Draco's like, then you have nothing. And Robart's like, then you can go. go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh well. Look, we do want Lestrange, and maybe we can talk about your father, but no dice on your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this. We're currently forced to live in our summer home. It's unsuitable. My mother is miserable there. Oh, poor baby. Oh, poor, poor dear. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I can, I can see that to some extent for. For people who like de- deliberately did have summer and winter homes, they're usually 
like insulated differently and built differently because they're meant to be inhabited in different seasons. But still, the fact that you even have a summer home to move to mm-hmm. is still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They could have confiscated that one too. Mm-hmm. And, you know. But so eventually Draco gives up that there is a, a Uncle Rodolphus has a home in Nottingham. Mm-hmm. But he's not always there because he's moving around because he's fugitive. Um, right. So Robard says, yeah, then that's no use to us. Give me something I can actually use. And he's like, well, uh, you know, they're using his house as a meeting place. And there's a meeting scheduled in the next two weeks, but I don't know when. Well, how will you find out? They'll contact me. Okay. Is the property under a Fidelis term? Yes, but I can get in. Harry wants to know how. He says, because Bellatrix was the secret keeper, and when she died, it passed to the people that knew. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Which I think is a very, very bad security measure. Yeah, I yeah. know. But that's how we this st- works. We still like uh, Joe's former explanation of the process better, but this is the yes. supposedly canon one now, so mm-hmm. that's what Melinda's going with. Um, yeah. And... Um, and he wants his mother protected. So. In in hindsight, though, if it didn't work like that, this couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it works out well for for this in this case. And um, Draco is kind of campaigning for maybe they can get Grimmel placed because mm-hmm. that's still a, uh-huh. that's a family house, and I don't think so, honey. Should have it should have come to. Bellatrix when Sirius was sent to Azkaban and I said, well, actually, Bellatrix was also in Azkaban at the time. Um, so it must, it should have gone to my mother. And Harry grins. The ministry doesn't own Grimald Place. Yeah. And Draco's like, it's better than the, than our summer home. And you know, if you insist on keeping Mal- Malfoy Manor, then Grimmauld Place is our next best option. And Harry's like, "Yeah, but I have the yeah, papers. not going to happen. It's mine. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> My godfather left it to me. <laughs> yep. You're I'm joking. Surprised Dra- <laughs> I'm surprised Draco doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would think he would, or yeah. that. But I guess, um, unlike. The many fix where Sirius has a will and invites like 27 people to the reading and so on. Um, Sirius wouldn't necessarily have wanted the Malfoys to know anything about what he had and where it went. Mm-hmm. So he would, yeah. if he didn't name them in the will, they wouldn't have any reason of knowing who else got what. True. But I mean, they ought, they should, I mean, they should have figured out that. Somebody not in the family had it because they know that Bella didn't get it and Sissy didn't get it. And presumably they know yeah. that Andy didn't get it. Yeah, but they well, think the ministry's blocking it. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Drake, Draco's assumed that it's basically tied up in the courts. And it's like the uh, they're, they're waiting for the police auction kind of thing. Mm. Okay, okay. But, I'm a bit slow tonight. It's yeah. <laughs> all right. It's not obviously spelled out there, but yeah, that's that's what he seems to think is that the minute the ministry has seized it and it's just up to them to release the paperwork and they can have it then. But 
And the ministry, I mean, we know from Dumbledore's will that the ministry has so many days to examine 30 before they uh, 30 days. So they, they could be thinking that mm-hmm. <laughs> I love robots. Well, you'll have to come with us on the raid. What? Says Malfoy. Well, you're the secret keeper and we're going to need you to get on the premises. And Draco's like, I don't, I won't be put in any danger. Well, just being around your uncle is dangerous, so you know there's not much here. to do about that. And yeah. so they decide that they have a deal. Yep. And we shift to Ginny's perspective, who's and some time has passed, and she is waiting for Harry to get out of his last class because it is now July thirty first. Tis, and he's eighteen. Neville's birthday. Yes, we did. Yeah, but um, Neville's, Neville's going to come to Harry's birthday, so that's all right. Yeah. And Mrs. Weasley is planning a party, and Ginny's job is to keep Harry away until everybody else can get there. And Ginny's <laughs> like, "Sure, I can do that. I can take and him snogging know, somewhere. Don't need to know the details, Mom." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's waiting outside, and. And she sees him come out with the group, and she sees Violet, who's, you know, naturally really tall and buxom. (laughs) But Harry introduces her as his girlfriend, so that makes her feel good. Yeah. He says, she says, happy birthday. I came to spend time with you before mom has dinner ready. (laughs) Yeah. And Harry says she didn't have to go to any trouble. (laughs) Ron is like, do you know our mother? (laughs) It's your birthday. It's not trouble. This is what you do. And Lisa's like, it's your birthday? How come you didn't tell us? Hi, Jenny. (laughs) Because he doesn't want the attention. Mm -hmm. And so Violet introduces herself. uh, Violet's a him now. Hmm. Yes. (laughs) Violet has many secrets. Um, <laughs> but now she introduces herself and wants to know how Ginny manages to concentrate when he's looking at you with those dreamy eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Harry's turning the color of a tomato. And then she says, Can you answer the question that Witch Weekly is dying to know? And Ginny's like, What's that? Is he a good kisser? And Harry's like, let's go! Good night! Bye! See you later! later. (laughs) So let's just say he does that as intensely as he does everything else. (laughs) Violet's going to swoon. You know she is. And she calls out, enjoy your intensity! Yeah. All the rest of them are laughing, and Harry's just like, get me out of here! (laughs) (laughs) Then he says, is intensity a good thing? And she's like, yes, very good. yes. Yes, because they get the elevator to themselves mm-hmm. for a moment, and then it, somebody comes in again. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she says, let's go to Muggle Island, and then she says, no, wait a minute. Let's go to Ottery St. Catchpole, and we'll take a long walk back to the borough. He's like, yes. really? And she's like, yeah, a private stroll through the woods. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, then let's do that. Many mm-hmm. throws her up against the tree. A and number stops of her. chances for some uh, intensity. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and, uh, the happy birthday to me is totally, I assume, a callback to what is it, Chamber of Secrets? It's it could well, be. The, could and, and it's a happy birthday callback to the kiss that Ron interrupted for his seventeenth birthday. Well, that too. He says, "You're always here when I need you." Thanks for staying, Ginny. I know I'm not easy. She says, no, you're not. <laughs> he snorts. <laughs> not at all. And he says, so we kind of glossed over this, but back when the, he was in the hospital, when they figured out what was wrong with him, he was pretty much convinced he was going to die, that there was no way they were going to find an antidote and that he'd much rather just go out, you know, sailing in the face of the Death Eaters than to cower and hide in the hospital. So he's... That's kind of how he's going. So, of course, still not sure he's going to find an antidote, but at least he's being more honest with his illness now. And when she says, how are you feeling? He says, I've been better and I'll need to go for another treatment in a couple of days. But, you know, it's it's doing okay. And this is when we find out that he can't go too often because it gets a little less effective each time. Poor kid. Yeah. And Ginny's really frustrated because she hasn't seen them doing anything. And he tells her a little bit about what's going on. And she's like, okay. And then she snogs him again. Or he snogs her. Yeah, because, you know, got to take the chances for that. (laughs) And then they finally get to the burrow really, really late. And Ron is starving to death. He's going to pass out. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody else is like, Happy birthday! And Ron is just scowling at his plate. It is empty. <laughs> because Mrs. Weasley did not let him eat anything until Harry got there. <laughs> yeah. So. And Neville's there and Oh yeah. Hey Neville, how's it going? He's been working in a greenhouse at an apothecary supplier, which mm-hmm. is Fascinating for him, and Harry is like, "Oh, that's that's great, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, glad you're having a good time." <laughs> yeah, and Luna's summer's been dull because Daddy's sick, and she didn't get to go on her snorkel hunt. Yeah. But he should be able to. He's getting better, so maybe he'll be able to go on his own while she's at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they get to eat. They've got Yay! wonderful roast and various other things. Yeah. And they talk about classes for a while. Uh, Ginny doesn't have a class list yet, but she's probably going to keep on with Ancient Runes because that's her best class. Yeah. And Bill wants to know if she's following her favorite brother's footsteps and becoming Cursebreaker. And George says, well, you know, if she's following her favorite brother's footsteps, she's obviously opening a shop. <laughs> I just have a hard time imagining Ginny in ancient runes, but that's just me. Yeah, eh, she could do it. Yeah. It's not something I ever thought of. So, yeah. But you I always picture it being the very um, book smart people like Hermione that would go into that. But actually, Hermione's favorite was Arithmancy. So mm-hmm. we don't really know anything about ancient runes other than that it exists. You know, Bill would have had to know a lot about that to do the curse breaking and things, so that makes sense. But uh, yeah, we we don't know if maybe she um, got some interest when they went to Egypt that one summer or something. 
but her plan is to play professional Quidditch. And she hasn't really told anybody that because they she figures they'll all say, oh, well, that's a long shot and you need mm-hmm. a fallback plan and various other things. And she doesn't want to make a fallback plan because then it seems like she's not confident that she'll make it. And right. And Harry's good point. knows about it. Yeah. And then Ron wants to know if they're having cake. And Arthur says, cake or presents first, Harry? (laughs) Harry's like, presents! Because it'll make Ron have to wait. Oh, Ron. Mm -hmm. And he gets his new owl. He does. It was a present from Ginny and George. And they were already apparently planning on it before Ron mentioned his stop to look at Ilob's Emporium. So... Mm. Yeah, Many people I same wavelength. Don't think that this is actually a snowy eel. A snowy eel. Wow, a snowy <laughs> owl. Um, oh, he's, I don't know. He's it's got a little more smaller gray than head with more gray coloring on his feathers. So it could be there are any number of owls that are predominantly gray, but it could also be a snowy that just has more markings. Mark, yeah, that's true. So it's it's hard to say. We'll have to ask Melinda yeah. about that if she decides yeah. to come on and chat with us. Yeah, um, I talk to her about that. And so he's just mem- mesmerized, and finally he sticks his fingers in, and the owl kind of likes him. Yeah, and it's a boy owl this time, so mm-hmm. it's not too similar to Hedwig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can only have one or the other. Yeah, mm-hmm. as well. I so it, I don't know whether that means that it is a snowy owl and they chose a male to make it less similar or if it's a completely different kind of owl. But, yeah. We'll uh, have to ask Melinda. But, you know, and he's just he's just thunderstruck and, and he he misses Hedwig, but he, this this is just the perfect gift. And he's tickled that. George and Ginny were able to do it. And Ginny said, I couldn't swing it on my own. And George really kind of thought of it. So, and yeah, yeah, even before Ron said anything. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And he's a very young owl. So mm-hmm. he's probably going to grow and hopefully live for a while. And they've gotten him a large cage that looks too big for him right now. Cause mm-hmm. he's going to take up more space eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. And Ginny said he'll have to think of a name because, you know, she's not going to let him pick something stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the irony <laughs> is that Harry picked Hedwig all on his own. Well, not on his own, yeah. but like, you know, Harry was the same age when he named Hedwig. Yeah, yeah. but she named Pigwidgeon, so she I has to live that down. She's <laughs> hanging a lampshade on that whole thing because, you know, she's the one who's known for coming up with silly names. Uh, yeah. And then... <laughs> um, they they have a little bit of a snog and his, Ron says, hey, I'm trying to eat here and Ginny kicks him in the shin. <laughs> yeah, and then he drops his food. He drops his cake. <laughs> He's like, hey, look what you did. And she said, well, now that I want to interfere with your appetite, I guess we can snog some more. <laughs> Aww. <sighs> yeah. I don't know, Ron's that- never grown on me. I like moments, but overall, he drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. I feel like fanfic Ron 
um, has a little bit too much of movie Ron in him, and movie Ron gets a bad rap. Because mm-hmm. a lot of movie Ron's best moments were given to Hermione instead, or yes. several other people's were also given to Hermione, apparently. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Hermione got them all. Yeah. But so. uh, on to chapter 26. Or shall we end there, since I didn't read? Did, any, did you guys both read? Uh, I read ages ago. Yes, I've got I notes. but And speaking of notes, I've got a note about Parseltown for Chapter 25, and I can't remember why. Hmm. Oh, yes. Well, they were in... Um, let's see. I don't think it was 25, actually. That might be okay. a 26 thing. But I do remember that happening. They, they stopped okay. by the Emporium to get some owl treats. Oh, that must uh, be the next chapter because okay. I don't remember it. So, okay. hence my confusion. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think if yeah. we quit here, then we could quit on a happy note. That'd be fun. Let's do that. Yeah. And then we'll do 26 through the end next time. Okay. That leaves us with, let's see. Five, six. It should just be yeah, six. Six chapters. That's not too bad. No. For some reason, I thought there were 36 chapters, but there's only 31. No, it's just 31. Yeah. So that'll work. I did read 26 because you told us to, but. (laughs) I know. I I looked at it and just totally misread it earlier. So, I mean, I've read it all once before, but I haven't read it today. And so it's easier if I have it fresh. And I like leaving it on a happy note. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lots of so snogging and presents and a new owl. We are winding up on Harry's birthday on the 31st, and we will get into August and further adventures next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. To find out what's going to happen, if Harry's going to make it out of this poison thing. Of course he has Linda. to. Melinda, torturing this poor boy, Melinda. I know. Yeah. If you want does these things. happiness for Melinda, you have to read one-shots. Yeah, that's about it. I think it. that's the only time she does it. I mean, obviously there are happy moments interspersed through all of them, but uh, she does like to keep things on Harry. Yeah. A little torture first. And then <laughs> Poor he gets kid. to live happily ever after. But we yeah. have to have the torture first. <laughs> well, I am still enjoying this story. It's uh, mm-hmm. good fun. And Belinda just... I don't know if it's because it's how my fanfiction preferences have been shaped or uh, the era that she was writing in or what, but Melinda always seems to have a very good grasp of making things sound canonical. It seems Mm -hmm. like it really fits the world and like she's, she's not going out and making any big stretches to have anything happen. It just seems like something that works. Right. Uh, Mm. Yeah. And she's got a real feel for these characters and she, she writes them really well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, and we obviously about- she hasn't, uh, even though she hadn't been writing for a number of years before starting this one, she's just as good as she ever was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She hasn't yeah. Lost, lost the knack, 
we should say goodnight. Thank you, Melinda. We love this story. We're so glad mm-hmm. that you're writing, and we we hope that you'll be sharing its sequel with us soon. Indeed. Yay. And, yeah, hopefully you are enjoying our coverage of these cuts I have. We have one more podcast to go, so look forward to that. And we will post on Facebook when it's out, or you can follow the podcast on iTunes or any other podcatcher, and it should tell you as well. Um, If you want to check out our forum and see what's going on there, that is potterpickforum.com, and all of the various podcasts get posted on the Poofwa Facebook page when they're released, both this one and Point of View Weekly. That is P O U F W A on Facebook. Yes. And with that, I guess we will say good night, everybody. Good night. Night. Or, you know, afternoon or morning or whenever you happen to listen to this. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. There you go. Yeah. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.